It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast and happy 4th of July everyone. Hope it's going to be a good one, a safe one, and an enjoyable one for you. It's Gerald Glassford coming from the Pop Culture Cosmos and of course the Lakers Fast Break. The Pop Culture Cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture twice a week, every week wherever you get your podcast, plus also as well Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football, plus also as well LakersBall.com Go ahead and check out Mr. Nike Swoosh there, Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soro, at LakersBall.com, talking about the Lakers. You know he is all the time. Plus, also as well, he owns a company. It's called Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. If you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, go ahead and check us out right there for you at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. Hopefully they're cooking near the barbecue and having a great time. Go ahead and check out what they have to say on the Lakers new additions right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend, John McCallion, you know, he's be doing some chatting anytime soon. He'll be doing it on his YouTube channel, John McCallion's to go ahead. And of course, subscribe today right there for the John McCallion channel. Stone Hansen, he is there at his, uh, I guess, his studio for probably a couple of days longer before he heads out here to Vegas for summer league. So go ahead and hear his thoughts on these rookies and what they're doing right there for you at the upside swings, NBA draft podcast. And if you could support like follow share, do whatever you can plus subscribe today. So you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break and also give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. It is. Sincerely, I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't let that idiot Mavs fan back in, knucklehead Ronnie. I know it's just again, he, you know, I asked him twice. I asked him another time. Please be respectful in the chat. It's great if other fans from other NBA teams decide to come into our best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. And, you know, you could go ahead and respectfully argue for your team, but don't do it. Don't, don't go overboard on it. And unfortunately, he did. So, out he goes indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Soro. Truly great to have you here. We're going to be talking some th- good things about the Los Angeles Lakers. You guys want it. 
a 4th of July edition of the Lakers Fast Break. And here today to go ahead and talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. And are there still fireworks yet to come? Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Hawks1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus his company, Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, great to have you here. Wishing you and the family a safe and happy 4th of July. Wanted to ask you, right, my friend, first off, when it comes to Los Angeles Lakers, you know they're still talked about as far as having a really, really good offseason. I've actually looked at it a little bit further, broke it down by individual. I thought it was a good offseason. I'm not giving I, – I was. I think I gave it an A. I'm going to put it right around A- minus right now. Let's find out because they haven't actually finished off free agency. I think there's still one more move to go. But let's say there's even more to come. Are there more fireworks to come for the Los Angeles Lakers? Maybe, maybe a popper. I don't think anything. I don't think any M80s are are, are coming. And I didn't, I didn't think there was going to be any M80s this this offseason. Anyways, there could be at the trade deadline, which Rob positioned the Lakers not only uh, depth wise, continuity wise, but he also kept things flexible enough in case something comes up. And we had discussed how the only way the Lakers were going to go, we're going to try to hit a home run is if, if, if the pitcher, I'm using some analogies here, the pitcher pretty much threw an 80 mile an hour fastball at them, uh, something that they knew they could, they could take out the park, but I didn't expect it. I just didn't. I think the the Lakers learned their lesson on going big and and striking out uh, before. Uh, they played very well with this particular team, minus a few players. Uh, well, everybody got their shot, and there were guys that came through. They signed. The ones that didn't come through were let go. Uh, it was a very systematic, very conservative off season, and sometimes. Going crazy is not the smart move. Uh, what this team will have is they will have some experience playing with each other for those who, who who did what they were supposed to do. And they're going to now have more time to prepare to see if they can be better than they were late in the season last year. And I believe they were. It's just a matter of the fact that we, don't, we didn't have uh, the two stars play, uh, I think, up to their capabilities due to the stress of last season. Uh, every game was important after the All-Star game. I mean, every game was important. Uh, when you have that kind of stress, especially when you're LeBron James, who's been playing for 20 years, it's it's not really uh, conducive to... It to, beats you down. It does. And you, you also ran into a team that was good from beginning to end. They had a destiny. They fulfilled the destiny. They just They just did. And you put those two things together and you got what you got. So with that, uh, we are hoping for a serviceable, at least a serviceable center. That's all that's left, uh, whether it's someone like Christian Wood or Bismack Biombo. Uh, I'll take either one at this point because either one's going to be better than nothing. And I think the longer this takes, the more likely one of those guys will likely be <laughs> or, or, or someone of their ilk will be a Laker because – they're not going after anything else. They don't really need anything else. Uh, as far as uh, summer league, uh, if we're going to talk immediate 
response. Well, let let me ask you on. this. You said, you said they don't need anything else. You, you think that, okay, as far as the backcourt, you think that's solidified. You still have some issues because again, as I said before, I know I've said repeatedly that Max Christie, we have to see and get a look at him, get a long look because again, his contract is up, you know, again, because the foresight of Rob Palenka, not, putting him to a four-year or a three-year contract. It's only a two-year on him. You, you really think we're solidified there? I mean, you know, Max Christie has to hit for us as a backup and reserve coming off the bench behind Austin Reeves. Yeah, well, you have Austin Reeves who can also play uh, ball handler, which essentially is like a guard. So you have Gabe Vincent. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have possible young guys that could – uh, go up a not, go up a step here from last year, and then you have someone like LeBron James and Austin Reeves who can also initiate the offense. This is a positionless league now, so it doesn't really necessarily matter if you're. We need shot makers, actually. If anything, we need these guys to make shots. So if uh, if Vando is doing his his uh, his hundred a thousand shots during the off season. Uh, from the corner, especially because you'll get those things all day. And if you got Gabe Vincent, who can can uh, at least bring you some good defense and some good energy, that's really why they brought him in. Um, and then, of course, D'Angelo Russell. It, all we need from D'Angelo Russell is is to play uh, play well during the regular season and then play well in spots in the, in the playoffs, mm -hmm. uh, and not just not play terribly. But for right now, play well during the regular season. That'll take less uh, damage on the LeBron and the AD. And then see how the other guys kind of develop and work together. We've talked about the improvement of Austin Reeves. The only thing he can uh, he can really improve on is his point per uh, game numbers. If, if he goes up another, let's say, three or four points a game, that would be a huge, huge uh, change in terms I of... I think it can go up just a little bit on the three-point. He was close to 40%. I'd love to see him be the Laker that actually has a 40% from behind three-point arc. He, he didn't hit 43, 41% from three? 39.8. Oh. Well, I might have just been looking at the playoff numbers. Uh, ESPN rounds everything off to the higher number to make it look okay. better. Okay, so let's, 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 let's see if, if Austin can do... The 50-90-40. Okay. That would be a good would goal, be right? Yeah. He's absolutely. been close to 90. He's been close to 40. And if he shoots 50% from inside the three, then, or just in general, his field goal percentage, that might be something that when you look at his season, if he plays 70, 75 games, you're looking at him going, boy, was that a good signing at $14 million. Mm -hmm. uh, you also have... Anthony Davis, who looks like has dropped weight. This is why it's important for him to play the four. If you have a less heavy AD, that's less pressure on his feet, less pressure on his legs. And if you have a center that can at least take some of the offensive burden off him and just at least be somebody that you can rely on size-wise, length-wise on defense, then you have uh, just play the JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard role from 2020. That's all AD needs. He just needs that. If Jackson can can be either McGee or, or Howard, and then if we bring on another center who can do one of two each as well, that's all we'll need. That's really all we'll need 
for 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 Anthony Davis to be at a position uh, to succeed uh, based off his skill set. And then Austin Reeves and then LeBron James and, you know, seeing how the new guys kind of uh, kind of come together chemistry wise during the during the uh, during training camp. We're going to get a chance to see what that is. And as far as the younger guys, I don't know. Uh, we, we've I just I don't know yet. I haven't seen enough. I'm looking forward to watching uh, tomorrow's summer league game. Now that we've got a game under our uh, under their belts, we can mm-hmm. kind of see, OK, you guys got your first game out, got the little jitters out. Maybe now, maybe uh, a little bit of adjustment by the coach and, and and some 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 nerves that have gone away can can start showing a little bit of what you can do. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Happy Fourth of July, everyone! It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell. We truly appreciate you being part of what we're doing today. The crowd is already filling up here in the best Lakers chat room that's out there, right here at the Lakers fast break. And we truly appreciate everyone out there being a part of what we do here right on the 4th of July. Again, talking Lakers. I want to ask you, though, when it comes to what the Lakers are doing and if they've made that incremental movement as far as maybe possibly passing Denver, is it the case where the Lakers did made all these moves and you think that they're better than the Nuggets? Or do you think it's the, the Nuggets, you know, losing Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, losing a lot of that depth that they had and now facing some things as far as the possible over the course of the season, not having any kind of death coming off the bench that may be the reason why the Lakers might have inched ahead. Is it more the Nuggets or the more the Lakers on why you think that they're at or maybe above what the Nuggets are? I don't know. I don't know where this depth has gone for the for the Nuggets. They lose one guy and all of a sudden Bruce Brown was that important. I didn't even hear his name. Because their rotation was only eight deep anyways. You have Jokic, you have Jamal Murray, you have Aaron Gordon, you have uh, Michael Porter Jr., you have Christian Brown, spelled like Braun, Christian Brown, who could take over Bruce Brown's position. You also have Mm -hmm. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, you brought in a vet like Reggie Jackson. Maybe he plays a little bit better with with that kind of cast versus the, the monstrosity that was in L.A. But regardless, the Denver Nuggets... Talent-wise, are fine. What I'm going to be anticipating is a letdown of relief. Relief of, we, we just killed ourselves to win this championship. We played as good as we can. How can we go above that? The likelihood is they can't. So complacency is what I'm going to be looking for. Can they repeat this next year uh, is, is, is the question. And for me, my early uh, my early prediction is no. Because you can just see it in guys like Jokic. You can see it in guys. Maybe Jamal Murray has that gene where. Because Jamal Murray, I think, I you know, he's still only been a postseason player recognized. He doesn't had he hasn't even had an all-star game yet. So It's hard to go. It's very hard to get into the all-star game from the West, especially as a guard. So I think that's motivation for him to still be, sure. you know, improving over the course of a regular season. I mean, Dane Lillard, you could argue, was behind Steph Curry was the best guard in in, in all of basketball. And I he agree. didn't make the all-star game for years. It's tough. It's tough in the West, uh, especially at the guard position. But uh, D- Denver just reminds me so much of the da- Dallas Mavericks of 2011. I don't know why they just do. They, they ha- Maybe it's because they just had this run. Uh, 
that Denver was more of the front runner during the year than let's say Dallas. Dallas was a uh, what were they the number two seed, uh, which you know in a way you could probably call that a, a front running team, anyways. But no one expected Denver to win in uh, 2011, but people thought Denver could win this year, and I did, anyways. Uh, I just at, 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 at pre, in preseason I thought Miami might have enough to beat them in the finals, but I was wrong there. But in the end, the Lakers, in terms of their improvement, their improvement this summer is the ability to bring maybe these new pieces into what was already working towards the end of the season until they reached the Western Conference Finals. And the reason why it didn't work in the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals, more, more, more than anything, was the fact that the Stars hit the wall. And they couldn't finish games. And if they were able to finish games, I believe there would have been the, the, the series would have been much more competitive and there were maybe been a shot to win the series, but the two stars, AD and LeBron just didn't have enough towards the end, but these guys are going to help, hopefully help them now that they're going to be playing together from the beginning to devise a offense and a system to where we can, we can cater to those guys throughout the year and, and, uh, and hopefully have them fresh for the playoffs. This is Raphael from NBA draft and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. But also here today is good man indeed. He is the guy that just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless it's actually to go ahead and say hello to us Americans for 4th of July. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Magic Man, great to have you here, my friend. 
of course, again, uh, belated Happy Canada Day. But I wanted to ask you this, my friend, when it comes to the fireworks here in the States, again, a lot of what went on in the NBA was centered around the Lakers and the improvements that they made. I know some are really happy with it, talking about how well they did. Others uh, just saying, well, did they actually get better? Be that as it may, I think they did a lot to go ahead and serve their death well in several areas, especially in the wings, which we, I know that was something that was a, you know, an issue for us last season. But how far do you think the Lakers have improved themselves as comparatively to other teams in the Western Conference? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Uh, you know, I understand that, uh, that you know, some, some maybe credible uh, opinions might have been lukewarm on our um, moves this off season, but relatively Contemps speaking, it's like okay, slow yeah, yeah, yeah. That, when when you were saying that, that's the first guy that popped into my head. I mean, he He's, just he went on the years talking about yeah, he guys. did, and and it it like his mood is so affected by what the Lakers do. It's it's unreal. He was so depressed from about, um, I would say, the beginning of March to until the Lakers were finally eliminated by the Denver Nuggets. He was he was forlorn. Um, you you could tell the um, the sales of all his energy just zap out of him whenever he has to talk about the Lakers and whenever he has to talk about the Lakers doing something Well, it's good. a mandate at ESPN to talk yeah. about the Lakers like 24 hours a day. Yeah, exactly. 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 And he probably begrudges that, that as well, but uh, that's beside the point. I think we did very well, Gerald. Um, across the Western Conference, I would say um, I don't think there was a team that did better than we did. I think you can argue maybe – Maybe a team like um, I think Phoenix, Phoenix is yeah Phoenix yeah they level they leveled up uh, even though they're only working with like minimum level guys they got some talent in there it's it's not just uh, uh, three men and uh, eleven scrubs they actually that they have a decent squad um, I wasn't too impressed with Golden State's move actually acquiring Chris Paul was kind of a head scratcher to me. Um, considering the way they want to play and also considering the fact that, you know, your backcourt just got a whole lot smaller. Um, mm -hmm. Even if Jordan Poole wasn't being um, productive, you'd lost a lot of size. I, I don't understand that one. Gerald Dallas made some really confusing moves. I mean, I, like to me, they didn't get any better. Um well, I think they did pretty good in the draft. I, yeah, I the draft, draft they did, they did, good. they did well. Them getting lively is a perfect fit for them, just like it would have been for us. I really think that that's the case. And then, again, uh, Seth Curry on a cheap deal. You know, anytime you can get a guy that can shoot forty-two percent. Yes, I know he can't play D. I know he's really small, but again, anybody who can shoot forty-two to forty-five percent for you from behind the arc is uh, always a threat and always uh, yeah. good I to have on your roster. Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. I just think you're right about kid. He's just going to do a lot of watching again this year because <laughs> yes. because they don't they don't have the requisite defense, I think, to try and stay with the heavy hitters and the bangers in the West, Gerald. I think 
They live and die by scoring 140 points a night. I, I just don't think the defense is there. They they really lost a lot by trading Dorian Finney-Smith. He was not only their best individual defender, he was obviously their best team defender as well. And their defense just uh, cratered when when they, they had to uh, get rid of him. I want to touch on something right now Eduardo brought up in the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the <laughs> Lakers fast break. Uh, hey, well, uh, you know what? They've got a lot of talent on that team. It's all young talent, uh, but they did bring in Fred Van Vliet to try to solidify the roster. They also got what I think is the worst contract in the NBA in Dylan Brooks. I have no idea on what planet you are on if you think it's okay to go ahead and sign a guy that was dumped by Memphis Grizzlies to get a four-year, $80 million contract. I understand you had to fill up your cap space. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been absolutely much smarter for you to just hold on to that open space because you don't need to fill it until the start of the season. There are going to be some teams in August, September, when camp starts that, you know what, maybe one want to go ahead and dump some of these salaries. We'll give you some draft picks there, Houston. Your thoughts on this, my friend? I absolutely thought the Van Vliet was going to be an overpay. You needed to throw the bag at him in order to go ahead and get him to Houston. But the Dylan Brooks signing, Jock Lawndale given a nice fat $32 million contract as well. Those were overpays. In the case of Brooks, it was a huge overpay that I thought is down the line, showing these kids how to you know act like him. I think it's just a terrible mistake, especially because of the fact that they've got so many wing players now that need to play, and they're not going to behind Dylan Brooks and chucking up threes. Yeah, Gerald, uh, you know, those two moves in particular are kind of, you know, it's it's almost, um, you know, oil and, and water there with bringing in uh, a vet like Fred Van Fleet, and then you, you counter that by bringing in a knucklehead like Dylan Brooks, um, to me, that's that, that's a confusing move. I agree, uh, especially in the money. Um, the, the term, maybe you had to give him four years, but you didn't have to stretch it out to $20 million a year for a guy who can't really shoot that well. His handle is above average, but it's not as good as he thinks it is. He's not the facilitator he thinks he is. Um, he's, he's not, not the he, player he thinks he, he is. thinks he is. No, he he's in another. He's on another planet with the skill set he thinks he has versus what we see. That was very confusing to me as well, Gerald. And you're right; they do have a lot of young guys, and it's a very confusing move when you bring in a solid vet like Fred Van Fleet, who's actually a professional, and a lot of guys can learn from. This is a guy who went from undrafted to signing a hundred thirty million dollar contract so that's a guy you want to be picking his brain all the time but his his shooting guard on opening night is just a terrible addition and i think look whatever happened happened i will i would have much rather seen if you're houston in that organization give the money to brooks lopez mm-hmm Offer it to him. Offer that money and that term to him rather than Dylan Brooks. At least Lopez, even at his age, he's coming in, he can shoot. Uh, he's a very good defender. 
Uh, he's, he's also a pro Gerald. I thought that would have been an excellent pickup for them to try and uh, cushion this young squad with, with competent vets. I agree with you, my friend. I thought it would have been a better choice to go in different directions. I know th I, they would have probably had to throw 30 to 35 at, at Brooks to get him away from Milwaukee, but that to me was still would have been better than what you did for Dylan Brooks. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with the matching man, Sean Grice and Joe Sorrow. Joe, I bring it back to you. There, Roy actually made a, a joke, but that had me thinking about the Lakers and how they've changed so dramatically from just a couple seasons ago when they had actually Methuselah run the team and they thought they could get every single old guy on the planet and have the 2013 all-star team and roll that out there and see what clicks. They've done a complete 180. Have they gone too far? I don't think so, personally. They do have a lot of youth on this team now, a lot of athleticism, but I think they have enough veterans to go ahead and stave that off as far as I think it's it's not the perfect balance, Joe, but I think it's really good that what they have right now. Well, there's only, there's only so much you can do, yeah, to abide by the rules. Yeah, you you have two guys that are going to be making ninety million dollars, and the, the salary cap is what one sixty nine, something like that, yeah. one fifty eight, fifty nine, whatever. But they've they've spread out the they've spread out the wealth. They've spread it out. They have young guys, which is key. They have young guys that actually have some skills. Uh, and we're gonna have to let these guys prove that they're worth what what, what they're getting paid to do, and they're worth uh, being a Laker. And uh, no noise coming out of Laker or uh, LeBron camp or AD camp seems to be in terms of their injuries seems to be something that's not a big deal. I guess I guess maybe LeBron might have had a surgery. And he, he'll tell somebody maybe next month that he's back to 100%. I don't know. Uh, as long as those guys are healthy going into training camp, that's a good sign. And then uh, Darvin Ham can start putting this thing together so that uh, they can come out, come out the gate uh, winning, which is something we haven't done in a very long time. feels like we're always behind the, the eight ball at the beginning of the year. I'd like to start this year 10-2 and two if we can. I agree. You and I both. It makes things a lot easier. Magic Man, I we obviously haven't seen the NBA schedule as of yet, but when it comes to what the Lakers can go ahead and start off as, I don't see or foresee outside of a major injury us going 2-10 and 10 to start off the season, which absolutely, as you know, caused the Lakers to climb up uphill at a steep pace ever since. Yeah, it was just an uphill battle all all year after that uh, horrid start drill. So I, I'm in agreement with uh, the panel. It's a consensus. If they don't start two and ten, uh it's likely they'll 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 probably be fighting for, you know, a home court advantage. I hope I would hope, uh barring injury, you know, you should be a top four, uh, maybe a, a top five seed. Um, depending on a slide here or there. But for the most part, Gerald, they, they need to win inside their own division as well. That 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 was another that was another problem early on in the year. You lost to the Clippers, you lost to the Warriors, you lost to the Kings. I mean, for God's sakes, Joe was adamant all year about kicking the Kings ass um when they stomped us in the preseason, what, by forty seven? Or was yes. it 43? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I, I actually want to see them like 
you need to beat the teams inside your division if you want to uh, be a Western Conference Finals home court team. You need to beat the teams that are competing for those same spots. And, you know, we're not talking about, like, complete and utter domination. We're saying, you know, when you play them uh, six times a year, maybe you win three or four instead of only winning one or two. And that that was one of the uh, that was one of the issues as well. We were in last place in the Pacific Division while we were in 13th for the longest time. And we were the only team in that division to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So the last place team in the Pacific Division almost all year made to the Western Conference Finals. Imagine what we could do if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Absolutely. Uh, again, it to, if we get off to a decent start or a good start, I think it's going to set a, a much better tone for the regular season. Uh, I mean, Joe, you saw it with Denver. All the other teams had problems and issues during the course of the season. Denver just cruised until the last month of the season when they just did the El Foldo Act, but it didn't it didn't deter them at all. They finished number one in the West, something that which you and I had talked about, unfortunately, had, had projected them to be in the regular season. Then you obviously had their you're having them get to the finals. I wanted to ask you as far as what the Lakers can do. If the Lakers can come out strong, have some good health, that was a key to Denver's success last year, was their health. Do you see the Lakers, even with advanced LeBron at his age and AD with his fragility? Do you see them finally going through a season, one season where they both can go ahead and come off rather well? If if they do, it's likely a title. I don't I don't see how it wouldn't. Uh, LeBron had a twenty seven point a game average in his twentieth season, and LeBron can still play, but he just can't play forty minutes every night anymore. It's not not it's just not going to happen. Uh, we do need AD to be better than he was this last year. Uh, you think he can step up? He, he, it's just going to come down to health. Yeah, absolutely, he can step up if he if he plays. If he plays seventy games, he will win Defensive Player of the Year at the very least. If that happens, you are talking about a team that's going to be very scary in the playoffs because that means the guy, other guys are playing well as well, and LeBron's going to play whatever the team dictates. That's the that's. When we talk about greatness with LeBron, it's not the accomplishments. It's not about who he's better than from the past, from the present. It's his ability to be that great and being able to adapt his game to whatever situation calls. The guy won a freaking assist title in his 17th season. And it just doesn't happen. You know, this random guy that, was dropping 30 a game winning championship in Cleveland, Miami, being the all-world player. All of a sudden, you know what? I think I'm going to be more of a, the initiator here and, 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 and just get that thing going. He had a turnaround jumper that, that at, at, at that time, the construction of the team allowed to happen. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see him back to being doing that turnaround, Hakeem kind of dream shake. Well, he wouldn't really do a dream shake, but – kind of being in, in between the, the three and, and the basket and making those shots. Cause they actually, that, that actually helps. That actually helps the offense kind of keep, keep the defense honest. And if he's making that shot, you're in trouble. Cause if, if, if he's making that shot, that means you, 
you got to deal with the fact that he's either going to go to the hole or he's going to make a shot at, at mid range, and then you're, then you're really in trouble. Yeah, you, um, you know, you know, you know what the diff, you know what the big difference is in the post between uh, Akeem and LeBron Joe is that LeBron's shoulders are so broad that even if you try and drag him down, his core is so strong you can't really do it. Mm-hmm. He just the 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 gravity at which he plays with even a even above the rim is is uh is impressive and i didn't think he would be able to do that uh lebron there was really a weakness in his game before 2020 was did he really use his footwork well in the post because when you get older you want to start going down to the post a little more to you know lessen the wear and tear i'm not talking bang no one bangs like charles barkley or Carl Malone like back in the day or even Shaq no it's just you don't want to run every time you want to you don't want to shoot from from deep the percentages of, of that shot going in especially LeBron James goes down so by going close to the basket and someone who can shoot from 15 and use his footwork and use his body to get separation that was a huge plus and I don't think the NBA could adapt to it that year and the Lakers ended up winning the title because of it go ahead Sean you were gonna say something no, okay. Uh, so with that, uh, but that's okay, Sean. Joe, say it for you. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, a fire up a firecracker, smoke goes <laughs> in your nose. Uh, oh wow! The, the 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 Lakers uh, for the last few seasons are. It's the same. It's going to be the same story. We need Anthony Davis to be on the court. We need him. We need him to be on the court, and we need him to be at, at its at its peak. If he's at his peak, he's still thirty one. I don't, I don't know. I I can't say he's not capable of doing it until he's thirty five or thirty six, and he's broken down. Thirty one is not old. If he can go through this season with no major injury, that will say a lot. That will say a lot. And we're still going to wait, though. We're still going to wait to see how the league reacts to certain teams playing. I have a really good feeling there's going to be a couple stars before the uh, trading deadline that are going to want to get out of their teams. I I can feel it. The guy in Atlanta is the one I'm I'm looking at. Whether he goes to L.A. or not is is, is not – I'm not trying to predict that at all. But if, if the Lakers are sitting at at a, in a position where they're like, hmm, if we get this guy, it's almost a guarantee they're going to win a championship, barring a major injury, of course, right? Do you take that chance? Absolutely, you take that chance. And if you don't make it, it's okay. Guys, this is not the Westbrook thing. I don't think the Westbrook trade or Westbrook in general will ever happen again. That was a once-in-a-lifetime mistake. Get that out of your head. We want to focus on, can we win a title the next two seasons? At least one more. This is going to be the best season for that. And I believe Rob is going to be just waiting in the weeds and seeing how things develop. And if something presents itself, he's going to pounce. And that's one of the big benefits besides the talent, besides the the, the team structure. One of the things that isn't discussed enough is how Rob has put together the salaries and the players 
to allow flexibility for something like that. That's another good thing. That needs to kind of play even with the fact that they did bring everyone back that we wanted. He has kept those contracts flexible enough to where if something does come our way, we have an opportunity to, 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 to explore it. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with Magic Man Sean Grice. It's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Magic Man, I want to go ahead and turn it for a couple of minutes on still what's going out there in NBA free agency. There's still the drama that's continuing for Damian Lillard as the Portland Trailblazers continue to go ahead and look for alternatives for trades because obviously you don't like or they don't like what uh, Miami is offering. Your thoughts, though, on this, plus also it extends the drama for James Harden. I think the two are related, that you probably won't see one unless you see the other come in close proximity to each other as far as the trades are concerned, because one of the, the destinations or possible destinations for Damian Lillard is Philadelphia. So your thoughts on when we could see some movement for Damian Lillard and or James Harden? Yeah, I think you're you're spot on there, Gerald. I, I agree with you. I think uh, it, it's, you know, it's 50 card pickup with those two. I think once uh, one piece uh, goes, then the other one will, will shortly follow. Um, in- interesting what is going on free agent. I, I, I would say the number one free agent right now is still Grant Williams. He hasn't, uh, no one signed him to an offer sheet as of yet, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, but as far, as far as the, the whole Dame situation goes, um, it seems to me that unless Philly wants to include Tyrese Maxey in any deal, there's no way Damian Lillard's going to be a sixer. Would Maury make that deal? Seen him trade magic beans before, but this situation's a little different. The, the, the guy he's got a picture of in his house has basically told him he doesn't want to he doesn't want to play on his team anymore. Um, he's an all star at this point, Gerald. He's not an all NBA player. He's not an MVP candidate. He's the one who opted in, um, which says that was probably surprised. I don't know why he would be, but he was surprised that teams don't want to give him term. They're willing to give him money. They're just not willing to give him term. I think. Kyrie uh, is has uh, had his eyes wide open to that as well, and I mean it, it's from your, your your previous experience. I mean Harden was was dissatisfied in Houston, didn't like it there, wanted to trade, so they traded him. During COVID, he couldn't do extracurricular activities he wanted to do in Brooklyn, New York, because New York shut down. Wind about that one out. They traded him, and we're here again. I think that um, he's, he's likely going to end up on the Clippers, Gerald. And and again, that's going to be the mess that uh, we all think it's going to be because either one of those two is not going to be healthy towards the playoffs or even in the playoffs. They're going to have to rely on a 35-year-old James Harden. You get what you get there. Uh, as far as Dame is concerned, Gerald, I still think he ends up in Miami. Miami is his preferred destination. It's a lot of 
I see a lot of just posturing with uh, reports, but I expect Dame to be a, be a heat before uh, training camp. One thing, though, with the Clippers, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> hey, their own doing. You know, I had said at this point last year when we got to our NBA predictions for the year, I thought the Clippers, if they weren't going to do it that season, they weren't ever going to do it because the team that they have is going to eventually, with all these names on their on their roster, we're eventually going to go ahead and get old and broken down. That happened sooner than I thought it would. And it looks like from what you got now, and you bring in James Harden, who is old, and he's been pretty durable, but he still has those hamstring issues. It just seems to me that the Clippers could be on the verge of a total disaster. Yeah, hundred a hundred percent, Gerald. Uh, and could it, be. I didn't say be. they would be. Yeah, if um, you know, he, he's he's um, they're gonna have to give up, to, uh, man, if they're gonna get hardened. That's the only, like, Maury's probably just told them flat out okay we'll put this deal on the table we'll we'll shelf it for now but this is who you have to give up if you want and Gerald he put like you said they did this to themselves we we we've talked about this before but also acquiring a player like this who puts you in that kind of position does not bode well for your organization i mean would you be now you're looking at possibly extending a 35-year-old James Harden, a 33-year-old Paul George who has an injury history, and a 33-year-old Kawhi Leonard who's got an injury history. It's just that that's a bad roll of the dice, a really bad roll of the dice. But you know what? Couldn't have happened to a, a more fitting organization in my point of view. And that'll be funny going into the brand new arena with all those broken down. <laughs> oh, my players. God. That, that, uh, that'll make the 2012-2013 Lakers um, look like... Well, it, uh, it'll remind us, it'll remind like two seasons ago with the Lakers where they came out there with a... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you know, all-star team. Oh, so. that that's going to be a... That's going to be a slam a jam time if, when young teams play those broke-ass. <laughs> yes, absolutely, indeed. Roy Estrada says it best. I hope Harden goes to the Flippers. Because with those four clowns, uh, aka Kawhi, Westbrook, PG, and Harden, it would make for good circus. I don't know. PG has been on the trading block now for the past couple of weeks. I have a feeling by he's gone by the trade deadline if the Clippers' season doesn't turn right. Your thoughts, though, on what's going on with free agency? I know it was mentioned in the chat, Joe, that uh, you know what is going to be the framework for a Dame Lillard deal. I think the only real option that I see out there, because Miami doesn't just, they just do not have enough to get it done. We, you know, as much as my, Dame wants to go to Miami, it's not going to get it done. Brooklyn with Mikhail Bridges or Philadelphia with Tyrese Maxey? No, they're going to need a third team regardless. Uh, I don't think, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take Tyrese Maxey in a deal with Harden or some package like that. I, I just, and I don't know necessarily if Dame wants to play in Philly. I guess it wouldn't be – there would be better – it's not a bad place. You'd have Joel Embiid there, and you'd be the, the other guy, and you'd have a chance at winning a title. But he wants to go to Miami because he I think he respects the culture there, and he knows that Jimmy Butler will be focused on winning versus MVPs like Joel Embiid would. Uh, 
there's going to need to be a third team and Portland's going to need to get a lot of assets in that trade, which is probably what's taking a long time. I just don't think that Miami has enough assets. I really don't. I, you know, Tyler hero does nothing to anyone on that. You know, Sean, your, your thoughts. I just, you know, if you're being offered hero and some picks for the greatest blazer, arguably in their history, that doesn't do enough for me. No, not not all, Gerald, especially considering I just drafted uh, a 6-2 combo guard. I've already got another combo guard that needs the ball in his hands, and you're asking me to take on a shooting not guard. Not even mentioning Simons. Yes, yes, exactly. So I, you're right, Gerald. That doesn't do it for me either. I'd be, you know, Simons and Scoot both need the ball in their hands. I don't Shade really want... Sharp? Yeah, shade sharp too. So I don't really want to pay for a guy coming into a new uh, contract um, that pays him <laughs> that makes him the highest paid player on my roster. No, thank you. Um, like you said, Gerald and Joe, it's going to require a third team. Uh, somebody's going to have to facilitate what either Pat Riley or Daryl Morey wants, uh, along with satisfying Drew Cronin because. Um, as we've seen with Portland, Gerald, and we've talked about this over the past couple of years, whether or not it was um, letting Neil Olshay go or watching a lot of your bright young uh, executives in the front office go to other organizations, it's the chickens have come home to roost for Portland here because you don't really have a captain manning that ship, but you need the requisite picks and or a really nice young player to sell the city of Portland that they should still pay their hard-earned money to come see a team that might not be very good. I don't think the Jeremy Grant deal was good at all, but you know we're going to go do a rewind on the best and worst uh, free agent contracts because you know there's been a couple modifications. I know everything out there here in a minute, but Joe, you know I- I'm not exactly blaming the front office currently. Yay! Thank you, Eric D, for subscribing. Truly appreciate it. So you get the latest notifications on when we go live in the air with the latest Lakers fast break. But Joe, I am still not putting the whole onus on the current front office. I think that the issue of a Lillard trade should have been dealt with, you know, at least one or two seasons ago. They're obviously in a pickle now because of it. They did make the signing of, of Grant, which I did you know, care for it all, even if Damian Little was, was staying. I think the situation in Portland is kind of in flux. I think they've got a lot of youth and talent that needs the playing time. I'm just not sure they're going to go ahead and get it. Yeah, that was a bad deal. Uh, I mean, it's 32 million for five years for Jeremy Grant was just a head scratcher. I cannot figure out why five years. He had signed for three. Are they were they worried about him leaving? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what most of these teams are doing. I, I've I've said this for for years though. Is most the easiest job I think to get if you're got the political part of the NBA in your on, in your favor is general manager of an NBA team. Uh, most of them are terrible. Terrible at talent evaluation. Terrible at money management. Terrible at building an image uh, because. The players tend to dominate uh, the landscape because of you know their their rare talent, but 
people need to do some kind of a seminar and watch what Pat Riley does and watch what R.C. Buford and those guys in San Antonio are doing. You know, build a culture, build uh, some some stability. Hold on, yes. I got I've got something for you too. Just came across the wire. Not a big deal per se, but bowl, it could be bowl. something interesting. Bowl Bowl, which is very interesting because he is talented. Bowl Bowl just got waived by the Orlando Magic. Something the Lakers might keep an eye on. Was is Bowl Bowl better than Christian Wood? No, I don't know. Is Christian he better Wood. than uh geez, I totally blanked on him. Mo Bamba. Cut. Mo Bamba. He's more versatile than Bo Obama for a seven-footer. Go ahead, Sean. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was in in answer of Joe's question. Quite simply, yes. Yeah, yes. he can't he guard. Is. No, he can't guard Jokic, John. You're right, but no. how many? But how many guys can? Yeah. He how did Anthony talented. Davis do in the Western Conference Finals? You know that one's it, a man, he 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 did pretty good for Orlando. That's a hit. Okay, and you signed Joe Ingles to a, a you know broken down, just coming off an ACL in his mid thirties. Joe, you know what, Gerald? To... They they recently they recently signed Mo Wagner to a, an extension, though. You've got Wagner, you've got Wendell Carter, you've got Ben Caro. It's just that front court is really is really packed. I, I know, but the Bo Bowl's talented. I know, he, man. He yeah, even plays the guard position at times for for them. So that's wow. a real surprise. Yeah, that is a real surprise indeed. You know, again, he is not the greatest in the world. I get that. But, man, the guy has got enough talent to play in this NBA uh, over a 35-year-old broken-down Joe Ingles that you gave a nice fat contract oh. to. That's Yeah, that that's crazy. But, that's again, that's just a foresight of some organizations. But and all of a sudden done, Joe, uh, you know, have you revised your thoughts on the best and worst free agent contracts so far? Uh, I made a couple, uh, you know, different things as far as, uh, decisions are made on mine, but your thoughts on the best and worst contracts so far this free agency? There's too many worst contracts to pick one. Uh, there's guys that are getting paid. You could even look at Fred Van Fleet's contract where he's getting paid $42 million a year. I'm like, what? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just, I don't know. I, well, you know, you know, there's an advantage to Texas, Joe. They've got they've got no in-state tax, and you basically keep pretty much all the money you make. There's no jock tax in Texas either. And that's probably why uh, Fred. He, won, he probably he. I, I have a feeling that he really busted their chops over that third year. His representation. They were probably willing to give him two years, but you know the Raptors. Ooh. Uh, what oh, yeah. being said yeah. over here is that they were willing to offer him like a four-year deal at like thirty million a piece. So Houston just had to level up. I don't know what they were smoking when they signed Dylan to a four-year deal. That that's just insane. Yeah, it was yeah, very Mozgov esque. Yeah. Oh, I remember oh. when we were signing him. Uh, I was going. They better have not given this guy more than a, a year plus a team option as a second year then ended up, then we ended up finding out that he they they offered them the mat pretty much almost the max for four years i'm like what and then before we could let that sink in they freaking signed the wall dang for four years oh my god it was and we I were living was, with that one for a while i think that was self-sabotage i think i think there was something going on there where mitch is like i'm gonna jack these guys before i peace out 
<laughs> I still I still say that was what he did. <laughs> There's no way anybody in their right mind would have made a deal like that and, and, and legitimately thought they were making a good deal. That's another good good uh, point, Roy, as far as some of these $200 million-plus extensions. Desmond Bain, Tyus Halliburton come to mind. Those guys both over $200 million if they hit all their incentives. And, and that's that's an, that's – you know, that adds to the whole point of why these guys are terrible business people. Uh, and and I think that, gonna... uh, John, no, I think the dang contract came off the books last season. I yeah, think that was because they had to stretch it. Yes. They needed to get, they needed to get uh, some things taken care of the year they traded for Anthony Davis. So they stretched that last season that he had into, I think, three years, five million each. Yeah, and I think uh, it came off last season. Yes, it did come off saying. last season. But this only goes to show you guys that this is why the, the CBA has been constructed the way it is because the, the owners are just clueless in how to construct a basketball team. And the only reason why the league has – the only reason why they can get away with it is it is the league is so ingrained in, in our culture. The, the Even the TV contracts that went belly up didn't really affect – Nothing will affect the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball ever again. I just don't think anything ever will. And the COVID situation was an added it was added proof that these guys just aren't affected by anything anymore. I don't know what it would take. No one loses money anymore. No one goes bankrupt. No one does anything in the three major sport leagues here in America. So when you don't have the incentive to be good and there's not a punishment for sucking. So let's use current, like this last month uh, subject. Michael Jordan was one of the worst owners in the history of the NBA in terms of his performance. His team never got past the first round. His team never was in any way competitive for a title or even deep into a playoff. And he sold, he made what? 2.7 billion in profit. So why should these guys do anything? Oh, Hey guys, the new CBA says you got to pay a guy like Dylan Brooks, 20 million a year, but you're still going to make 80 million after that. Okay, sure. Here. So you want to ask that question? What the hell were you thinking? Well, you know what? Like a buzzer just went off in my head when Joe was talking. Yeah, let, let's look at who owns the Houston Rockets. Tillman Fertitta Sp- spends more spends more money than God. It's true. There's no consequence, guys. This is the part where when you ask yourself what's going on in this sports world, what's going on at ESPN, what's going on in the world, guys, it's right in front of you. Pay the freaking freaking attention to it. Okay, there's no consequence to crappy performance anymore when you get to a certain level. And then the ones that are working their butts off, they're the ones being punished. So everything is backwards. Everything is flipped upside down. And it's a lot of it is because us, the viewer, just like we were saying during the year, all this whining and bitching about the Lakers, what the hell do they care? We're still watching the games. We're still talking about it. We spent six hours a day during game, during the game days, talking about them. 
We're giving them free publicity. So we're the, we're part of the problem. If the product sucks, okay, let's say you buy a product, whatever it is, a pair of shoes, and they fall apart after a week. Uh, maybe this is, you know, maybe it was a dud. So you buy the, the, you buy another pair, same ones. They went out after two weeks. You know what? This shoe sucks. I'm not buying this anymore. We don't do that in sports. When they suck more, we talk about it more. We keep giving them more attention. It's a rigged game. It's a rigged game by by a lot. And gambling, now that we've accepted gambling more, you might as well just be, accept that trash is going to be trash. And I use the ESPN as an example because that seems to be the theme right now with what's been going on at Disney. And we have accepted that every time I turn on an ESPN post-game or pre-game show, you have three schmucks on there, two of them whom I've never seen in my life. It seems like there's always some revolving door there. It's all and New York based. And they're it's talking, they're talking, and and they're they're trying to fit some kind of demographic on top of that. I'm like, dude, what the hell is some Nimrod who doesn't obviously doesn't know Jack Squat about this sport going to tell me? I know the NBA. I know the history of the NBA better than any of those idiots. And I would never be on there. Maybe that's why. Maybe anybody in their right mind won't go there. But then that, that's what that's a that's a ESPN problem. You need to start finding talent. Talent. People that actually know the sport. But the crowd doesn't demand it. They don't demand it. They want feel-good stories. They want to feel, oh, well, this guy saved some uh, orangutan in the freaking forest. And, oh, his family was able to eat for a week. I'm like, what does that have to do with basketball? There was a hilarious, hilarious bit Bill Bird did on 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 how there was this uh uh i guess i can't remember which game it was in the nfl where they had the do you know somebody who has cancer and then people had this sheet with like three or four or five it basically meant that you had four or five people that you knew that had cancer oh yo, cancer. that was that was the major league baseball all-star game right there you go perfect thank you for that exactly that's that's what it was and he's like he used the thing. He's like, we don't go to a theater. Pause the movie in the middle of the of the movie. And go, oh, hey, by the way, hey, look, my cousin died in a in a motorcycle accident. But you know, that's you know, that's not here on there. Let's watch, let's go back to the movie. It's like, what does this have to do with this game? We watch sports to get away from stupid garbage. That's what we watch. Every now and then, if there was a platform that you wanted to express, okay. Every once in a while, it's a good forum. I get it. But now it's every five seconds. Doris Burke. Doris Burke, who I actually enjoyed on the sidelines. She got into the booth. She's doing color. And then all of a sudden, she turns into this, oh, my God, you guys don't have any idea how this person came from this area. Everybody comes from some disaster now. Well, if if everybody's from some disaster then what what what's the story really like what 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 are we identifying like is it just to identify he made it out so that means now i can go to the gym yay cool right is that what we're trying to get it's lazy journalism it's lazy commentating that's what no talent people do they just 
it just they just throw crap just to oh it's a, it's it's nice no 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 I don't want to know about that okay if I want to know about that I'll continue to go help battered women down here in Anza who need food who need clothes so that they can get away from their sick crazy people that are around them okay when I'm watching basketball when I'm watching football or baseball I want to watch the damn sport and I want the commentators to know what the hell they're talking about. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is again Joe Soro, Magic Man, Sean Grice. <laughs> no, that one that one was pretty good. That one was pretty good. Yes, um, that was pretty good. Uh, I love what Larry Dale said. This dude, a douche, an angry douche. <laughs> uh, Larry, you don't know how close <laughs> you don't know how close you really are on that one. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly easy there, Larry. Easy there. Yeah, it is the Fourth of July. It's the Fourth of July. No worries. Stop, but... You need to stop looking in the mirror when you say that. Come on, man. Be be better uh, to yourself. All right, all right, all right. But Magic <laughs> yeah. Man, I want to ask you this. I noticed you put in the comments uh, again. For me, I think the worst signing out there by far is Dylan Brooks. But you had something different in mind as far as the best and worst free agent signing so far. Yes, Gerald. Uh, let's start with the the worst. I think the worst move that was made were the Hornets uh, extending LaMelo Ball for five years and Max. Um, uh, dude has skills, no doubt about it. Um, he's, a, he's a favorite on league pass, just can't stay healthy. Um, tur- can turn an ankle at any point in time, um, uh, at any point on the court, which is concerning, right? And given his small frame, Gerald, um, you know, I don't think we're looking at a player who's going to uh, turn into like AC Green or Mikhail Bridges and and play in uh, 400 straight games. Um, 
they don't have the requisite backup and talent to help facilitate that kind of move, especially considering the fact that you just drafted another young player high in the draft. Um, I just don't think that the Hornets would ever see a, a, an ROI, return on investment, um, with that contract with Omelo. So that would, to me, would be the worst. Uh, the best one, uh, honestly, you know, I, sorry to be a homer, but I think the best one was was uh, us signing Austin Reeves. Um, you know, there was there was talk of four years, 25 mil per. Um, you know, I thought that would have handicapped both the Lakers and Austin. Austin signs for a four-year, $56 million deal. I think that's a steal, Gerald. I think the Austin Reeves deal is going to go down as a pretty darn good deal. Uh, you're right. I think that is probably one of the best deals that are out there. Uh, Eric Gordon, I know that Joe said he's already washed. But, uh, you know, if you get any value for him at the minimum, a guy that can maybe still get 15 points in the league, 17 points in the league, if he gets you that for $2 million, I think that could be a good deal. You know, anybody who gets Christian Wood at this point, whoever it is, uh, if you let him play and get the PT, I think whether it's the Lakers or someone else, you're talking about a 17-point score from 38 percent, uh, 38% from behind the arc. Whoever gets that, it's going to be a low-money deal, and I think that's going to be a good deal as well. So there, you know, I think that's something out there. Of course, again, I said Dylan Brooks is the worst deal. You, but you, you really think Lamelo Ball is the worst deal of all these these uh, deals extensions? Um, yeah, let me go ahead and bring you back on, Sean. Yeah, yeah no, I, I do, Gerald. I just think um, Joe had uh, encapsulated that team uh, summarily by you know just they've made almost all the wrong moves since uh, Mike took over ownership. And before he leaves, you know, now he wants to take credit for Brandon Miller. We'll see if that pays off because I'm not, I'm not so sure he should have went number two, but that's another conversation. I just think over the five years, Gerald, with the amount of money you're, you're giving LaMelo ball, there's an expectation there. You expect him to be, you know, in the MVP talk if you're giving him that kind of money and you expect those kind of results. To me, he's he's not a top-tier point guard in the league, Gerald, let alone the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I would I would Gerald, let me ask you a question. Would mm-hmm. you consider Tyrese Halliburton a more talented point guard than Lamel Ball? Yes. I would too. So until until he steps up like to that level, I don't think they'll ever see a return on the investment for that kind of money. But what what actual choice do they have in Charlotte? I mean, they've got such a bleak situation. Uh, they seemingly just whatever talents they get either get too injured or just don't fill up to their expectations. Lamella Ball is the closest thing they have to a superstar, which again he is not, but he's the closest thing that they have to someone that is a threat for the other team they could actually end up being the worst team in the nba next season you know i mean when you got san antonio and houston houston's got all those young players they have to start playing san antonio has victor Wembiyama, and you know they want to put at least a little bit better team around him to get them motivated to play better how many charlotte games- could actually be the worst team in the nba when you think about it Yes, Gerald, I agree 100%. I, I really, I, you know, I don't see San Antonio, you know, 
losing 60-plus games, even with a rookie like Victor. Unless uh, Miles Bridges comes back and uh, she's motivated, yeah. and, she and might even, be. You're right. And even then, Gerald, the, they, they're kind of well, – it's almost like a, a Russian roulette in that situation because it, it, Bridges has a really good year. He's an unrestricted free agent. And even though you have his bird rights, it would be tremendously difficult to try and bring him back when you say, especially since they're they're uh, in a, I believe they're still in a negotiation with PJ Washington because they haven't found a number for him yet, right? Yeah, no one has. Uh, he's also out there and could be a possibility for the Lakers as well. Although yeah, the, he doesn't the, rebound very well at all. No, he does right. not for his size, right? That's a really yeah. big concern. Shoots, that shoots good. Yeah, but yeah, it does not does not rebound, uh, which is, you know, as everyone knows out there, one of the Lakers flaws this past season was offensive rebounds by the other team. And that was something that I was hoping that we could alleviate, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this season. So that's still going to be a thorn on our side because we just don't have the bodies in there inside to go ahead and help AD rebound. Nor do they have the discipline. The Lakers are a watching team. They don't box out. It's a frustrating thing is that's a, unit we did not see them box out very well no they they did not um and again they smart on rob in the front office to go out and grab guys who have a pension for that they got some size i realized what uh, joe had said mentioning jackson hayes lack of uh b-ball iq uh, I will say this: the guy, the guy brings a lot of pith and vinegar. Every time he steps out on the court, he's very energetic. Um, and Gerald, unlike Wendy and Gabriel, he doesn't look lost ninety uh, percent of the time on defense. He's a fairly capable defender. So I, I expect this team, especially the bench, plus he gives you a lob threat that Gabriel couldn't. No. No, no, you're right. Um, unfortunately, like like Gerald was saying, unless the ball is like almost directly in the cylinder, or he's got a putback opportunity with no resistance whatsoever, that's basically all Wendy and Gabriel could do. Yeah. Ger- Gerald summarized it uh, eloquently and politely. Wenyan is fine NBA player. He is not very skilled. No, just a lot of hustle, and unfortunately, as we're seeing it right now in the NBA, his his qualities and talent is not desired right now at the NBA, although he could be brought back for the Lakers. Who knows for that final spot? Joe, uh, before we head on out, we'll go ahead and talk about the Lakers once again. We'll close it out with this, but when the Lakers are looking to go ahead and fill out that last spot or spots, technically they can fill out the spots, but it looks like it's just going to be one slot left for the Lakers. What do you think they're looking for? Because again, Christian Wood's still out there. PJ Washington. We mentioned Gabriel and Mo Bamba. You know, the, the pickings are slim, but there still is a component out there that the Lakers truly need. Uh, I think we've gone over this a few times. I don't I don't really well, know who they're going after, honestly. Um, Dwight Howard, you know, I don't no, want to Dwight say the Howard's other individual's name because no. you asked me not to go ahead and say that individual's name unless he does get signed. Yeah, for, no, there's, my, yeah, no, there's, there, there's initials are TT. We're yeah. likely waiting for the for the agents to. to <laughs> I, I'm going to say there's going to be an agent of one of the centers that's available that says, "Hey, you guys want to 
you guys want want whoever for for the vet minimum will come to LA. I think that's the call they're waiting for. I hope they get it. Uh, I hope it's for uh, you know not Bismack Biombo because again you know those free throws. The thing is with Christian body. Wood, yeah. The thing with Christian Wood is uh, Jason Kidd is still close with a lot of people in LA. I, I'm I don't know if if Jason Kidd's gotten a call and the Lakers are like, hey, what's up? And he didn't just say, these guys don't stay away from him. You'll screw up your locker room. We don't know if that's happened. It would make sense since no one's picking him up. That might be it. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Those dogs are howling. Those dogs are barking right there. Fireworks are already going off, right? (laughs) It's the middle of the afternoon. How are they doing that? Why? You ruined the factor of the fireworks. Is that your dog? You have dogs? I don't have dogs. You have dogs? I was here. That was yes, dogs. I have dogs. Oh, you have dogs? I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, but it is the Lakers fast break. We wish, want to wish you That's a truly stuck in somewhere. <laughs> no, no. We want to wish you a truly happy Fourth of July. But Sean, before we head on out, again, your thoughts on what the Lakers might hopefully do with those last slot or slots? Because again, I don't think it's complete. I still feel that there's something missing with the Lakers uh, and what they can get. Uh, you know, again, it would be great if we could still shore up the shooting guard position a little bit more, unless you're really banking a lot on Max Christie. And then, of course, the, the center position is still yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, uh, no Tristan Thompson, no Dwight Howard. Um, you know, I love Mad Dog, but no to uh, Mark Madsen coming out of retirement. Yes. yes. I've heard everything. We need, Boogie we need cousins. Comp- no, we need a comp. We need a comp. Kareem. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start doing the uh, the Rick Pitino. They're not walking through that door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but surprisingly, Gerald, there are still a lot of decent big men who are still free agents. Dwayne Dedman hasn't been signed. Willie Hernan Gomez hasn't been signed. Omar Yurt 7 is still out there. So there are options for the Lakers if they really want to secure that backup big spot. Like you said, P.J. Washington is still out there. Yeah. P.J. Washington and Wood, I think, are the only ones out of that mix can give you some type of consistent minutes in a playoff format, in a a really uh, good playoff format, or even in late, you know, season crunch time. Some of these other guys are just going to be filler. You know, their their body for practice, their body that can go ahead and maybe spell if uh, AD, if Jackson Hayes doesn't pan out. It's Wood and maybe Washington, I think, are the ones. Paul Reed is another one. Good mm-hmm. hustle kid. Uh, good rebounder. Excellent rebounder. A little undersized at 6'9". I mean, but the ones that stick out to me is Christian Wood and P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington, yeah, he can't rebound well but he he can he's a decent sized body but he can also shoot from the three your thoughts on what the lakers have left as far as alternatives sean do you think they really think that that uh those two are the only ones is there someone else that maybe can give the lakers minutes no i don't think so gerald i think you 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 um smudged it down to those two basically that that those the last two uh characters left that could possibly help us out so um do kelly Oubre is also out there that's a completely different option but why would you want to get yourself another wing yeah exactly um i i i also don't understand um 
Look, I understand the talent, but I also don't understand um, trying to help the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban. They they've got a, a myriad of issues. I know for certain, Gerald, that they're they're about half the teams in the league waiting for that team to implode, so they can they could start calling and sniffing around the trade deadline to pill for them. Absolutely. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you being here on a 4th of July version. I just think they're stuck with him until the trade deadline. I I mean, he played himself out of the lineup. Um, Gerald, they did make some really good moves, but you have Lively. You brought back Dwight Powell. um, And there's it doesn't seem like there's going to be any minutes for Christian Wood, especially when you consider the fact that he played better when Luca was off the floor. So yeah. like, like, and that's the original reason why you got him was to figure out if, if he can play with Luca. Well, the fact of the matter is Luca doesn't like playing with Christian Wood. Well, I'll tell you what though, I appreciate your input. Christian Wood is probably the best option right now for a lot of teams, including the Los Angeles Lakers. Joe Soro here as well. Any last thoughts, Joe, before we head on out for a happy 4th of July? Well, I think Bull Bull might be an option now that he's been released by Orlando. Uh, he played 70 games last year. He can't uh, shoot well. His his three-point shot has has gone awry after it was looking so good coming out as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but maybe uh, maybe maybe he might have better shots again with the Lakers and LeBron distributing as well as uh, D'Angelo and uh, and Gabe Vincent. But I'd say it's not a it's still an improvement on what we've had. Yeah. So that I would keep my eye on on that one. We'll we'll we'll, we'll know here I think within the next week, which uh, the Lakers are are looking for a center. They're going to get a center. It's clear that they are. Who right now? Is, is still the question, and I believe it'll get done between now and this this week. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you joining us on this 4th of July version of the Lakers Fast Break. You asked for us to stop on by today, and we are glad to oblige. Truly appreciate it. If you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe. We're on our way to 1,000, so go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. Or if you like us on Facebook, that's greatly appreciated as well. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Also, our Courtside Lakers Instagram, along with our Lakers Fast Break Instagram. We've got not only one, but two great Instagram locations, plus also as well, Kick, Twitch, Twitter, like I said, so go ahead and follow us and like us wherever we're at right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But guys, it's been a great time. Magic Man, looks like you're going to be just chilling uh, like a villain today. All good there as well. Joe Soro, you know he's got the cookout going near the pool. Everything's all good. I do want to mention again that it is a happy 4th of July for us. Let us hope it is a happy and safe 4th of July. For you, Lifted has now been made. Uh, Lifted has made a Magic Man an honorary U.S. American. Congratulations uh, for that. There you go. Uh, fireworks, screensavers. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be all over the place. I've got a fireworks for our thumbnail. How about that? We'll go ahead with that, indeed. But it is uh, Oscar Vargas saying Bobo with a dose of Phil Handy could be magic. Again, we'll see. Bobo is now the hot name out there. 
He's already trending on Twitter worldwide, actually almost 100,000 tweets already within the past hour on Bull Bull. So go ahead, Pretty Sean. Clever. I go saw ahead. what you did there. I saw what you did there, Oscar. Very clever. Very there clever. That double entendre. Absolutely. Very, very clever indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. We want to wish you a happy and safe 4th of July from all of us. And thank you so much for watching this. And we'll be back tomorrow. The Lakers game. There is a Lakers game that's going to be at 5 p.m. I believe it's San Antonio. So we're going to go ahead and check them out on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And afterwards, uh, there will be a post game. I will probably be late. So Joe may have to start it or Magic Man. So we'll go ahead and have the post game here for you. They'll run the ship. Will we go ahead and have a win in our second game? Will JHS find a rhythm after some jitters? We saw some of these rookies have jitters already as far as in their first game. First game is fine. Let's go ahead and see maybe some improvement from first game to next. We'll see. We'll see if Max Christie can be a little bit smoother, not only on the offense, but your choose for okay. But the defensive end, let's see if they can shore up a little bit of that already. Hopefully some good things coming tomorrow for the Lakers in their second preseason game. Will that happen? We'll find out. But here's hoping you have a happy and safe 4th of July from all of us right here at the Lakers Festival.